1: There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro following is a production of Dirty Mo Media.
2: Back again on another episode of Speed Streets, presented by Dirty Mo Media. Joey Molinaro, Connor Daly, and an absolute war zone is going on in my house right now. I have a crew of about six to eight people working on my kitchen. Hopefully you can't hear all that, because I hear it, and it is quite mind-numbing. Uh, but we got that going on, and more importantly, um, we are less than two weeks away from the first IndyCar race of the 2023 season down in St. Pete. And even more important than that, we're speaking with a Daytona 500 driver, Connor Daly. Can't wait to get your thoughts on this past weekend
0: on that. <laughs> Thank you, yes. I. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. A lot of... Um a lot happened over the weekend um what an experience overall i mean uh we our previous episode we were de- <laughs> that was just before we were going to the racetrack we were about to experience it all for the first time um it was quite a roller coaster ride of of um emotions and uh and and luck filled scenarios uh it went from very bad to very good to then in the race, so um, pretty, pretty crazy, just crazy sequence of events. Um, met a lot of folks down there that listen to the podcast. Want to first of all thanks though, thank those folks for for saying hello. Very cool to meet more uh, more listeners to the show. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend as always. But we got. I, I didn't really talk a ton about the race afterwards because I wanted to get on this show and really dive into the weeds a little bit um, because there was a lot. There, I, I had a lot of people asking, uh, you know, certain things because you know, we had a lot of Indy, IndyCar fans kind of, a lot of them honestly tweeting that they hadn't watched a NASCAR race in a while, but we're going to watch, you know, th- to support. And I appreciate that. Um, but also we know that the, the, the audience for the Daytona 500 is large anyway. So I, I to gain a lot of followers on the internet via the NASCAR experience, but, um. But I figure we just take it from, from, from day one, from when we left off the uh, the last show. Joey, well, first, Joey, what was your, um, I guess, what was your initial reaction to, um, I guess, us making the race? Because I say us because we're a team. The show made the team. The, sh- the show made the race. That was, yeah, no, I thought that was
2: incredible. <laughs> it was very exciting to wake up to on Sunday morning and see the the nice Speed Street sticker. Uh, on the side of that 50 ride, um, and I was watching over, over at my buddy Billy Max, who's, uh, you know, big, big supporter of us and, and, um, you, uh, and every time that you'd go by, we'd be like, scandalous, scandalous, (laughs) scandalous, you know, trying to get that in there. Um, but no, man, it was just, uh, super cool, uh, super, super exciting. We're all super proud of you, um. And the fact that, uh, you know, you got out there and wheeled it and did what you did, and despite on Thursday night having what looked like to me a uh, low rider for a bit, like I wanted to put that song. <laughs> do, 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 a lot of a good memes. B- right. When you're pulling away and that thing is just absolutely bouncing, you know what I mean? Looked like you were in the, the Days of Confused or something like that. Matt <laughs> McConaughey was riding shotgun with you looking for some doobies. Oh yeah. Uh, but but no man, it was just very exciting to watch you. It really was, it was super cool.
0: Well, I would let's start right out the gate with the media day. Like they they did Daytona 500 media day, uh the day of qualifying, right? Cuz we qualify qualifying was at night. Um and I'm not going to lie. The Daytona 500 media day, it felt really cool because I had to get there early and NASCAR did it, I will give NASCAR a lot of credit. It was a very well organized day. Lots of television stations, lots of Media opportunities, and honestly, I I feel like as a, I mean, I I I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as a stranger. Like I've been around motorsport a long time, but I'm I'm sort of new to that world. But every station that I got to seemed to be well informed about who I was or what I was about to do or where I came from, um, and like that's pretty like that's cool. Like I would say if you're going to a new area. You know, you'd expect people to be looking down at, like, some sort of stat sheet or some, some sort of quick Wikipedia thing that, like, we do for the random Indy 500 driver of the week. I was the random Indy 500 driver to compete at the Daytona 500-type situation. Um, but everyone was, like, really prepared. We did a lot of really cool stuff there. You know, got to talk to a lot of the drivers. Kyle Larson was asking me about the Indy 500 right out the gate. Uh, got a couple good photos there. Um, he was at, like, Kyle, Kyle's already doing his research, doing his research about the Indy 500, thought that was very, very cool, um, but yeah, what a cool experience to do the media day, they were very organized, I got a free Hurley backpack, uh, that was very exciting, they were giving away free backpacks and sunglasses, gotta thank that, I mean, I'll take free stuff anytime, um, and... It, it it was it, it, i was trying to take in so much information because every driver had something different to say because i had obviously never driven a nascar cup series car at daytona um and and every driver you know some drivers said oh yeah it'll be fine like qualifying not 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 too difficult there some drivers said oh yeah yeah this you know the the, the duel will be crazy hard you'll f- you it out it's just way different and, and and everyone you know some people said oh yeah like these cars don't race well, or like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine as long as you don't get dropped from the pack, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was just looking forward to my, you know, one lap of qualifying. I was like, hey, let's get out there. Two cars, obviously, we know qualify on speed. We knew that was the case. Um, Crazy to see in the garage area that Travis Pastrana and I were right next door to each other in the garage. That was a very funny sight to see, the fact that we started racing video game races on iRacing a couple years ago and now we're our now we're competitors at the Daytona 500 um just a, a cool experience and and we had we had kind of drawn to we were seventh in line to qualify cars getting ready um and then all of a sudden we're kind of getting closer to the you know whole qualifying time like oh can't wait to get out there like I sat in the car um felt good Uh, we decided first of all that we needed a bigger steering wheel because i had a 13-inch steering wheel in the car from the road course race and chase briscoe told me i was crazy to not have a 15-inch steering wheel in the car so we had to go hunting for steering wheels so we eventually ended up with a 14-inch steering wheel that the 62 car gave us which is kind of awkward because we had to race them into the race um but then we decided to go buy a 15-inch steering wheel because I trusted Chase Briscoe. He said, hey, friend of the show, Chase Briscoe, he said, you cannot go out there without a 15-inch wheel. And that just basically, to, to give folks who don't know what that would do an idea, that basically calms the steering down. If you have a 13-inch steering wheel, it's a little bit more effective when you make inputs. Uh, making the wheel bigger means you can be a little bit smoother with it. And you'd have to use more wheel to do more with the front tires essentially so it makes it less sensitive if you're on the straights. so if you're trying to react to something quick it doesn't jack up the car like crazy um so yes the bigger steering wheel for super speedways is usually what drivers drivers go with so then we finally after we got a steering wheel well we see oil is is pooling on the ground underneath the vehicle and I think all of us on this show know that oil leaking from a car, bad, not 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 a good not a good scenario at all. Um, and this is only a, about, I would say, an hour, two hours. I mean, as we're trying to go roll the tech, and we realize that an oil line has exploded, and and the reason that this has happened is is like a one a very rare. I mean, this is just stupid. So we. We, we plug in the car to an oil heater to get the engine ready for qualifying, right? We have to have everything heated up to a certain, certain temperature for a qualifying run. We wanna make the most power. We wanna to try to get that one lap and see how fast we are. And the oil heater had shorted out like an electrical short and made it explode. So, bad. And this oil, <laughs> we did not have a spare. Of this oil. All right. So well, there was a lot of looking at it for a while. Like what do we do? And every, all these other cars are rolling to tech. We have no floor on the car. This is a floor and everything that's been put together. You know that's been tweaked for a week. They said to try to like make sure we're as fast as possible. And um, and everyone no one else had a spare one. Because all their spare oil lines were on their backup cars that they have. And obviously we don't have a backup car. Um, so we ended up in, in a, just a complete disaster of not being able to qualify because we couldn't get an oil line on it. And I mean, that right there was a, was a real blow to, um, to the, to the week. Um, because I had to watch everyone else qualify. You know what I mean? That, that, that's a tough thing to do. There's, there's 42 folks trying to qualify for this race. And only 41 of them went out there and did laps. Um, and it was a practice session. Like, I, we would not have made it on speed, obviously, um, but it would have been a practice lap. It would have then helped us identify potentially the problem that we then identified that everyone was very aware of in the duel the next night. <laughs> um, so when you start behind in motorsport, that that's already very tough. Um, it, it's It's something that, I, I walked the grid in my street clothes and everyone's getting ready to qualify. I remember walking up to Travis Pastrana because he was like, he just looked at me like, what? What happened to you? I was like, "What? Are, what? Are, what's going on? I was like, oh, my car's broken. And he's like, oh no. And he just hugged me before he got in to qualify. <laughs> and, you know, the perfect scenario happened. Like, I, I believe we called it on this show. A lot of people said Speed Street got it right. Jimmy and Travis made it in on speed. Um, that's exactly what we needed because right. those two guys were the guys that I would hope, you know, to, to have us, you know, uh, that, that I wanted, you know, that I wanted to make the day 2,500 with, and hopefully they could help us get in there. So it was, it, it it was a very brutal night because I was like, well, I'm going straight into a race now. We're going straight into the duels with zero laps in the car, zero experience. Um, and I mean that, 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 that was annoying, it, it, because we you try to work for weeks to prepare things, right? And and again, the no practice thing. A lot of people have a, have opinions on this. The no practice thing. I'm getting more and more closer to. I, I'm I'm new to NASCAR, so I can't necessarily disagree with how they run their show. Yeah, still no idea why there was no practice. I I, I think that's absurd. Well,
2: that's what you know. It, it was interesting to follow online and, and see. Just kind of the consensus reaction of, you know, yeah, this sucks for Connor but also this highlights a bigger issue. You know, highlights exactly. the, why the hell aren't we allowing this to happen so that things like this can be found? You know, it wasn't just yeah. like, it was, you know, you didn't see a bunch of people like the, um, the, you know, the, the, the NASCAR big talking heads out there trying to like bash you or anything. They were kind of like, hey, that sucks. And it would be nice to be able to
0: have these opportunities to get out there in the ride exactly and i mean it's it, it's something that again there's always a strategy behind it because again it's cost you know keeping the costs in line but the cars are already there you know what i mean even if it's a 10 yep. minute session elite check session like like every time we get show up to a race we get an indy car right we 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 get to the practice session and we do an install lap right to make sure everything's okay we do one lap go through all the gears make sure everything's all right just having a 5 minute session to, to for the cars to leave the pit lane and come back in. That doesn't, I mean, that doesn't cost anything. Almost, you put a set of tires on that you probably use again in the race, whatever it is, um, or you know, I, I, I don't know, whatever it is, it, it doesn't, it doesn't cost you a lot. It gets the teams going and gets it, it potentially eliminates a problem. I, 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 I will never understand how we don't do. It. I mean, I, I complained about this when we were in the 2020 schedules with no practice because we were already there. You'd be at the track, you'd show up just to race with maybe one qualifying session. I was like, we have the entire day, run a session, five minutes, doesn't matter. Any track time is more important than no track time. So that was tough. And and then, and then going into the duel, obviously, we're starting last. And the situation is that we have to beat the 62 car, Austin Hill. And I don't really know Austin at all. Uh, he was right in the garage right next to us, though, so that was kind of awkward. Um, but I also, and again, this was kind of funny because half the people I talked to weren't aware of this and half the people I talked to were aware of this. And I, I, I guess I still have not confirmed it, but I was supposed to make the race. I had to beat both Austin Hill and Travis Pastrana Yeah, I, I, because people, people were like, oh, no, but Travis is already in yes, he was in, but because I did not have any qualifying time, I had to be the highest finishing open car in the duel. But a lot of people, even my spotter was like, nope, you have to beat uh, just the 62. And I was like, I promise you, Bob has tweeted it and Bob tweets only facts, right? And so <laughs> like, I looked at that and people were still, before I even got in the car, was like, I think you only have to beat the 62. I was like, no, I have to be the highest finishing open car and i talked to travis before that too i was like bro if we get to like one lap to go and i'm like behind you like let's talk about maybe a a letting by type process like how, how are
1: we gonna do this you know what i mean this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um,
0: And so I had a challenge in front of me, and this is when we get into things that um, everyone started seeing on the Internet. Because when we got into that car, for the duel, first of first of all, like, we were in the second duel, so I got to watch the first one in Corey LaJoy's motorhome with him, because Corey, and again, it kind of all lined up perfectly, because, like, the duel, I had a lot of friends in the duel, it was Chase Briscoe, it was Noah Gregson, it was uh Corey LaJoy, Travis Pastrana, like, so all these folks, like, I, I was comfortable, you know, being in a race with, it kind of all, it all worked out, Um but, when I got in, first of all, the way the duels were set up, like we had to roll to the grid and like we're, we're kind of in a staging area and I'm obviously last. And the way they line them up, it's not really far down the pit lane. And being last, it was a very difficult process to get in the car. And Jimmy Johnson came up to me, which was really cool, trying to give me some advice. That was a um, cool moment. But I, it was a very cool moment. I really appreciated that. Uh, Jimmy's been a great, uh, a great friend and, and honestly, a lot of lot of support. That was awesome. But I didn't know what to do with what he was saying to me because I had never done a lap yet. So, like, right. I'm like, Jimmy, I appreciate this info. I have no idea what any of it means, to be honest. Like, because the I've Instagram never even. Formula. Yeah, it was a cool <laughs> photograph to take. Um, But I this is how crazy it was already. We're getting in the car, and I'm, like, trying to, stra- you know, just, just. The whole getting in the car process is different for me in the NASCAR you're getting sure. into it. I'm I'm strapping myself in. They say, driver, start your engines. I don't even have my helmet on yet. Like my helmet was not even on and the command was given. And I was like, are you kidding me? What is going on here? And I'm like, I'm putting my helmet on. I'm connecting it. Like the, all the engines are going. And I'm like, I have what's, I don't, I, it was the most confused I've ever been before the start of a, a heat race, essentially, or a motor race. I mean, I don't like, the, our cool shirt wasn't connected, the, my helmet fan wasn't working, no, nothing was on. It I mean, it was it was a complete and total disaster from from before I even got in the car. Um, nothing like all that happening for one of the biggest
2: opportunities of your life. It's great.
0: Oh, well, yeah, it's only one of the biggest NASCAR race of the year, yeah, and, and we're trying to qualify, and I don't have my helmet on, and everyone else's engine is fired. I'm like, man, could I have got some more prep time, potentially, maybe even some time to just sit in there and, and tighten the belts a little bit. Thought the belts were a little loose for my liking, but it is what it is. Um, and then obviously the first moment of, yikes, this is going to be a rough night, uh, happened really as soon as I left the pit lane. Um, because <laughs> this car starts bouncing when I left when I left the pit um, like the tires were squares, uh, like the tires were made of rectangles. Um, like I was on the Daytona supercross track through the <laughs> whoop section. Um very concerning, right out the gate. Uh I, I mean I, I knew that I I knew that I was new to this, right? And I knew that it was gonna be bumpy because they run the cars very stiff and low to the ground in the cup series to try to get as much speed as possible. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I know the springs are stiff, it's a very stiff spring package all around. You know, the the everything is going to be low. I, I get it. The tire pressures are low. So I'm probably bottoming out a little bit. But when I say I couldn't even use the throttle to accelerate because it was bouncing so hard and my spinal cord, my spinal column felt the racetrack through my butt cheeks. Like that's what it was. That's what was happening. And I, I kept reporting this to them. And obviously in the, in the pits, they don't really know what it feels like. Right. So they're just probably like, oh, yeah, this guy's new to it. And I was like, I, I'm trying to be respectful of the fact that I'm new to this, but this is wrong. Like, it is That's very, very. Me and Riley were, were we were laying down in bed and
2: we were watching and we were following on Twitter, of course. And we were both cracking up about how you were just like trying to be so polite <laughs> and, and trying to, like, hey guys, uh, you know, so calm, so polite uh, with <laughs> all this craziness going on, you know, literally rocking around like you're in the, on Ride right, the Damn Beast at Kings Island. Because and,
0: that uh, <laughs> it was the yeah the King's Island, a wooden roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing though. You, you like I I I try to be respectful because again, it's a new world to me. So I don't yeah, I don't know what's normal, right? Like I don't want to be some guy who gets in, complains about something, and everyone else is like, "Oh yeah, it's just as bumpy for us too." Like you dummy. Sure. And I'm like, well, okay. So I'm 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 thinking to myself because I'm trying several different things. Right, as a driver, you're like, okay is this is this drivetrain right is is it something that is 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 um very wrong with you know the, is a wheel loose is it the drivetrain is there something in the transmission that's bent um and then i realize okay when i'm off the throttle it's smooth it's fine that means the weight's going to the front but if i'm on the throttle weight going to the rear very bumpy um but i knew i had to also accelerate very well to stay with the pack or i'd lose the draft right out the gate so I was working on okay, I'm gonna get through the gears, but every time I accelerated, I couldn't even keep my foot down because it was bouncing so heavily. Um, and I and I knew that I, I had promised both Alex and Hinch, Alex Rossi and James Hinchcliffe, uh, that I would not lift on my first couple of laps in that in that Cup car because I was like, nope, I'm not lifting. Like we got to go into this and and never lift off the throttle. I started to get worried about that little uh, bet there for a second. Um, and so, I mean, away we go. Like, it was like, all right, well, we're lining up to go. And when we go green and I try to get th- through the gears, I mean, the thing is just bouncing. It's just bouncing like crazy. The rear, I mean, I felt, uh, the rear tires were off the ground, essentially. And so I had already lost way too much ground before I even got to fifth gear. Um, but when I got to turn one, And you can check any of those little data systems that they have, have, because we didn't have any data systems. We didn't have any SMTs or whatever they use. I didn't lift. And I didn't lift those first two laps. And I realized turn one was the real problem area. Turn one, because the car was so stiff and it was so off that when I hit, there's two small bumps into turn one. When I hit those bumps, I was so loose. The car stepped out multiple times. And this is a car that I've not driven on an oval yet, right? You see these cars snapping and spinning directly into the wall a lot in this new era of the of the Cup Series car. But we held on to it. And so after a while like turn 3 was a little bit better because it was slightly smoother, 3 4. Um but I but I was really struggling holding on to this car. And from, you know, uh, divine intervention there was a yellow, a few laps in, right? Some debris. I think that was the yellow and I was like, "Oh man. We got to make some changes to this thing. Like we We gotta get in the pits and we gotta change everything but the color of this car. And so, (laughs) thankfully, when we did come into the pits, we were able to make some changes. um, And as soon as I went back out there, it was much better. But I also realized at that point that, oh no, this car is pretty slow because I tried to restart with everyone that I needed to restart with and it just was not possible. And it was still bouncing over the bumps into turn one, like something fierce. And when you're in the pack, you're doing about 20 mile an hour more than when you're not in the pack. Like people were qualifying at 178 miles an hour in the NASCAR Cup Series. My, one of my laps in the race from Sunday was 192 miles an hour. Like that's that's a large jump in speed, like 10, 15 miles an hour more. Um, so we're struggling. We're We're, we're, we're struggling still struggling. I'm like hating life in the middle of that duel. I'm running by myself and I'm just thinking, I don't, I, I don't know why I did this. This is, this is, I, I was a lot of thoughts because like, look, when you're by yourself running at Daytona, even if the car is almost trying to kill you, it, it's kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. It, it and, and, yep. and I don't want anyone to take offense to that because I think any driver would tell you that running by yourself at Daytona in a cup car not hard. It's not hard. Uh, When it's sorted, when you're not sorted, when you're almost dying all the time, that's a little bit harder, but so uh, you have a lot of time to think down that straight because you're just going. And then I obviously get lapped. So I I don't know what's, life is, everything's going chaotic. I'm thinking, man, I'm glad I booked that flight to LA earlier in the, in the day. I'm thinking I'm going to go, you know, go see my lady in, in Los Angeles. And, um, completely, you know, basically pull the parachute, get out of Daytona as fast as possible. Um and then honestly, then a yellow happens. And I'm like, oh, what's happening? And when I come to the crash area of the of this of this accident, I see the two cars that I need to be in the grass. And I'm <laughs> like, hang on a second. <laughs> and I was I'm waiting dead yet? Yeah. I, was, I was waiting. I, was, I saw them in the grass not moving. And so I was like, well, Travis, I saw basically just pulling into the pits because his car looked like it was limping. And then I was just kind of waiting to come around the next time. And I was like, oh, please, Lord Jesus, please let that 62 car still not be moving. And we obviously hope everyone's safe, but maybe, you know, maybe the right front wheel is broken. I don't know. We, uh, who knows? And so, and that's obviously... You hate to say that because, again, I would have much rather raced my way in. Of course, any driver wants that. That's why even at the end of that duel, I was was not even, like, that overjoyed because we made it, but I was like, that's not the way I want to make it. But it's still, you know, we still made it. So seeing that car in the grass and then figuring out, okay, we can pit again to try to help this car. And so we did. And then I just ran with the 78 car, BJ McLeod, really, until the end of the race. And that I learned a lot in myself. Um, but, you know, we got to the end of the race. And the 62 car couldn't get back out there. And I beat Travis. And I, and we beat the cars that we needed to beat. And, I mean, honestly, I, I got a little tear in my eye down the back straight. Uh, I did because it w- you I, I, w- I was furious at the beginning. I, I felt it was awful. Um, but then down the back straight, I was like, man. I don't get lucky often. We we know that. If you know Connor Daly, you know that luck has not really been in the, in the bio. Um, but I will completely admit to whenever a lucky moment does happen, we will be very thankful for it. And so we got lucky, super lucky. And, again, a lot of people on the – I found uh, the toxic side of NASCAR Twitter as well, by the way. That was something that I think I had not been involved in before. Sure. Definitely found that after the race, let me tell you tough environment out there tough environment because so I just can't look man can't look I do I dive the into the weeds on. I I get into the comments and I guess people did like that I start responding sometimes to people shutting people down um because a lot of people were like oh you only made it because you, you know people crash and like I was like I know I literally said that in my interview I was like I am fully aware that I got lucky but guess what This happens in racing all the time. People get lucky, people don't. It's part of the sport. And I'm sorry that it made you upset. Right. Like Kyle Busch probably
2: was going to win the Daytona 500. Exactly. But you know, I mean, like, but it happens, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, dude. 62nd driver to race Indy and
0: Daytona. That's a pretty elite company there for you. Yeah, very cool statistic. I mean, and honestly, what 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 was fascinating is that people actually cared about this. You know what I mean? Like when I got out of the car after that duel, the media and the people there. I mean, it was unbelievable. The photographs, the the interviews, the the cameras. Like we went into a press conference, and I was like, I just finished last in this duel of the cars that are running. Like ha. you know, <laughs> but we made the race and. And it and, it, and it, it it was special because it's the Daytona 500. You know what I mean. And, and and it is a big deal to make that race. It is very special to make that race. Um, it felt very good to make that race. Uh, and it was like a, a weight literally lifted off my shoulders that was ten thousand pounds because all week I was pretty much committed to not making that race. Like, and as soon as we got out there, lap one, I was like, w- we we're not going to make this race. Um, yeah. And that's deflating because I've never not made a race. Like, all my Indy 500s, I've I've made them. You know, I've never not qualified. And and so I i don't know what that experience is like. And thankfully, I still don't. But it was cool to see the reaction. I mean, honestly, the amount of text messages I got for making that race um, were almost more than when I led the Indy 500. It was not more, but it, it was very cool to see how many people we're, we're paying attention, how many people cared. Um, I mean, I, I look back at myself. I watch the duels all the time because I enjoy it. It's motor racing season, right? Like w- racing is coming back. We're getting going. Um, and and so going through the press conference, talking about how lucky we got, and you know the fact that the wreck happened, how it happened. I still haven't even seen the wreck, but I saw that just people were, I mean, it's NASCAR. I, what I said in the press conference, I was like, it, it it happened to work out luckily for me. Like both the cars that I needed to beat were running together in a pack. And what can happen in those packs? Crashes. I mean, the '62. If you if you really think about it, he probably could have just backed off right then and there as soon as I went a lap down and just kind of ran with me the whole time and and been fine. But but you know they were in the pack. And honestly, I probably would have been in the pack too because I was I was going to try to learn. So if, if our day wasn't going as bad, then maybe we get involved in that wreck as well. So it's kind of a, a a weird way to look at things. Um, and, and Travis, you know, Travis being in that wreck too, Travis had never been in a cup series car in a pack really yet either. So he's learning a lot on the fly as well. Um, so, you know, hated to see that. And I went up to the 62 crew after the race too. And I said, Hey man, not gonna lie. You, you guys deserve to be in that race hate to see it for you because i was honest with him i said look I, I did not deserve to make it with the performance in that race but you know how these things work i just want to say you know you guys deserve it i, I will see you next year hopefully yep. and which i thought was respectful i was like hey I, I, we we well i know i'm i'm pretty realistic about this sport i get it uh austin hill obviously he had a great weekend he won the xfinity race so you know the guy is a talented driver there's no doubt about that um but sometimes these things happen in racing, you know what I mean? Hey man, it's you know, I grew up playing baseball a whole lot and
2: the old saying always was uh it's a screaming liner in the books. And what they mean by that is that you could hit a little bloop um you know, just bloop freak show hit off the end of the bat that just goes over the shortstop's head enough out of a re- you know, out of his outstretched arms, but it's a base hit. And so when they put it in the books, it didn't say hey, it was a little bloop flare single off the end of the bad that maybe <laughs> kind of odd that you got lucky for getting the base it now you got a single it bumps up the average yeah. it bumps up the on base percentage right screaming liner in the boats so exactly look, you know i mean at the end of the day i don't think five years from now a lot of people are going to say oh yeah he raced the daytona 500 but it was because of that. no you you raced the daytona 500.
0: yeah no i mean you're exactly right and and i i tell you what <laughs> after that like i um Thankfully, the, the the few days before, I had booked a flight for my girlfriend already to come in on the next day. And so she was have, she was watching from L.A. And my mom was crying. Everyone was crying. My mom had already booked a flight. As I think we talked about on the last show, she was already booked a flight to go home on the Friday. And so <laughs> yeah. she, then, she She then changed her flight. So, And then my little brother was booking. Everyone was kind of booking flights to come down. And um, I mean, from then on, I enjoyed it so much more. Uh, I, I try to take in the experience because, you know, we found the issues with the car in the duel. We know that the rear was, there there was a lot that was offset in the rear. We bounced so hard that it bent the shock mounts in the car, which is very hard to do. I, I think, uh, very not good. Um, and you know, we had practice the next day. We had practice on the Friday. We had practice on the Saturday and that was fantastic. Now I will say that practice was almost useless for me because no one wants to run with me which i i get um and and, and i want to kind of dive into that a little bit because the the practice was great right like yay we get practice but that practice is really only useful if you can run with other cars because running by yourself doesn't do anything for you but guess who doesn't run, want to run with the car that looked like it was um Basically, a lawnmower uh, going over some dirt bike jumps the the day before. Well, everyone, no one wants to run with me, and so I try to go out there on the Saturday, try to run with people, try to figure it out. Everyone pulls in the pits right when I'm I'm there, or they they all are too fast for me to even keep up with. Um, that was actually the most frustrating part. I would say one of the most frustrating parts of the week is that. At Indy, you can go out by yourself and still get things done, right? We have so many practice days where you know you'd like to run in traffic, but if you're still running by yourself, you know you can make some adjustments. It, there, it's still difficult to drive even by yourself. There's there's still some things that you can work on. If you're not in a pack at Daytona practice, you're not doing anything. I mean, there's there's nothing going on. You're not learning anything. You're just driving around flat out on the bottom. And and honestly, that's not that hard. It really is not. And I and I hate to say that because. It's very hard and very a difficult level, much higher level when you're in the pack. And that was fascinating. And I learned a lot more about that in the race. But I I was frustrated because again, your your practice and what you learn is purely based on what others will allow you to do around them. And that's that's tough to take. And I talked to A.J. Almeninger after both the practices and he was like, Yeah, man, it took me six years for people to run me run with me in this series, and I was like Well, that sucks. I mean, I kind of get it, but, um, so yeah, that, that was really frustrating, honestly, but I get it because again, I wouldn't want to run with me either. Like I said that many times, um, but I'm also not an idiot. So like that whole week, did I ever do anything that could have affected anyone else's race or stupid or making stupid mistakes, even if the car was trying to kill me? No. So hopefully that means for the, for any future races that we do, you know, there's a little bit more trust in that arena, but maybe not. I don't, I don't really know. Um, so yeah, after honestly making the race, it became a lot more fun. Like Friday night, you know, it was fun to kind of hang out Saturday, you know, Travis, Travis and I were going around, we did like a crazy cart race in the infield after practice, you know, having a great time with all of his crew, you know, had a, had a nice Bud Light, you know, we were just kind of having a nice little day out in the afternoon with, with the, with the boys um, and, and showed my lady around Daytona. Saturday night, we had a great dinner before the race with Travis and his whole crew. Um, you know, nice restaurant in Daytona beach, uh, his, his management team, everyone there was, was great. Honestly, doing, getting, getting to do that race with Travis was one of the coolest things ever. Um, the fact that he was in it was incredible. Um, and I mean, honestly, the one thing that, Sucked before the race is that we never got our qualifying photo. That was that was the only thing that that was a big debate. Everyone after their qualifying run, they got a photo with the car, which is very something that we do at the Indy Five Hundred. I never yep. got that photograph. People were asking if I ever got it. You heard it here. We didn't get the qualifying photo. Um, but well, you also didn't get photos with a few other people, right? I mean, there was a loaded uh, pre-race show with a bunch of people in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, now we can move on to race day. There wasn't what, you know, there was a lot of fun stuff that happened. I don't, you know, this show could go on for hours to talk about. It. I obviously talk a lot, but the, uh, race day, Daytona 500 race day. Um, let's talk a little bit about how I guess it compares to the Indy 500. A lot of people wanted to, you know, get that kind of feeling from me. Um, and I would say it's very different. I would say speed weeks, it used to be a long time, right? It used to be weeks week or weeks long. But this it, it definitely felt very condensed, certainly compared to the Indy 500. Not as much track time, not as much going on for me. Um, and race morning, honestly, very calm. Like I just drove to the track and I hung out for like four or five hours. Um, kind of just relaxed with, with the team, the family. Um, and I, I would never take away anything from the Daytona 500, but it definitely... You know, there were so many people there. The camping w- looked incredible. The the amount of humans that were there. Um, I mean, it's Daytona Five Hundred Sunday. Everyone's pumped about it, and all the other drivers. You know, I, I, they're like, "Hey, man, this is it. You know, greatest day of the year." I'm like, "Yeah, no. I mean, this is it." And, but for me, it was very relaxing. And I don't, I don't know what was. You know, I, I, I all the stress had kind of gone out because I just wanted to get out there and you know get in the pack and and go racing. Um, and so, you know, the Indy 500 has an earlier start time as well, right? So 1230, you know, your, right. your green flag's flying, right? This is 230, you know, later. So much more time to, you know, take in the day, have some lunch, get ready for the 500 miles. Um, and that I actually like, I do wish the Indy 500 started at like one o'clock or like one 30, something like that. I, I, that's one thing again, it'll never happen, but I like that part of it the the Daytona 500 a little bit later start time um but yeah that race day once we st- once we did get things going um like Joey did you watch any of the pre-race stuff did, did it look like a quite a fanfare band did you like was there a was there a lot pre-race that looked like you know it was it was it was packed it was pumping it was going I, I did. not I could only follow along online. I didn't get to watch
2: on Fox because I was at a father-son lunch with. Oh, there you go. My son and my father. Uh, well, you know, church puts it on every year, and so we got together and and, and took the three Joes, two Joes, one Frank there, um, and was was enjoying that for a couple of hours, and that was a, up until about two two thirty. Um, so I didn't get to see a whole bunch of it. I just, like I said, I saw all photos of celebrities and the videos on Twitter and different people out there, uh, you know, comedians, actors, athletes, the whole shebang. So that's, that's about all I saw.
0: Ben, did you what did you think of the whole pre race shenanigans?
3: Yeah, I watched most of the like second part of it. Um, I wish maybe they showed in the first part, I wish they showed the pre race concert because they that's when you kind of flood everybody out on the infield. And I think (laughs) Dirks was playing, which is like one of my favorite country artists. So I still probably wouldn't compare it to Indy 500 just because it doesn't, I mean, they don't have the grandstands that are up around the track anymore, but (laughs) you know, still look pretty. Yeah, I mean. It, it it was cool to see for me as someone who had never been there. Like, I'd never been to the Daytona
0: 500 before. So, you know, getting, getting into the driver's meeting that they have is really cool. You know, the the whole room was stuffed with celebrities. Pete Davison was there. Uh, Tiffany Haddish waving the green. I mean, a lot of really cool people in that room. I did not get to meet a single one of them because they, they didn't really have it in a very good set, like, well-set-up way to where, like, it was like a, hey, all these people are hanging out here if you want to meet them. They basically put the drivers on one side and some drivers on the other. And- I sat behind Roger Penske for the for the drivers meeting, the public drivers meeting, thing. and I was like, Hey man, how are we doing? And he's like he turned around and he was, who the heck is speaking to me? And uh <laughs> he was like, Oh I, hey man, congrats on making and I was like, Thanks, Roger. I appreciate that. Roger And uh and also this was a funny moment that I thought because from the clash, uh A. J. Allmendinger and Chase Briscoe got heavily into it. They started hitting each other during the race and the practice sessions. Well, Chase Briscoe sat to my right, and AJ Allmendinger sat to my left. So I was like, "This is a great." I was like, "Are we are we all friends here? What's going on?" Um, Did great they kiss to make up. Are they all good? They didn't say a word to each other, so I assume nice. that there's some still something going on there. I talked to both of them, though. I was kind of the mediator, um, say, the great unifier, David. The great unifier. Yeah, because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> and honestly, v- very cool kind of lead up to it. Uh, you know, walking out there for for driver intros. Um, I do like what they have there. I would say it's a little awkward because, and I felt bad about this, lots of fans lining the fences for this red carpet and everyone's wanting someone to sign something, but we, we have to get to the driver intros so we don't have time. And right. so all these drivers I see just walking and, and completely ignoring people, which, again, not ignoring, but we have to go somewhere. You have to go. And, yeah, and as soon calls. as you start signing, you can't stop because then you get to, like, a five-year-old kid and you, you feel awful not signing for him. And there's another one, and they are like, oh, no. And so yeah, that yeah. was kind of a – I started sweating there. I was like, oh, this is, I feel awful. But I guess it is what it is. I was, It's was just a, a wild situation. Um, and we get to the little driver intros room, and Dirk Spedley is there. I probably should have got a photograph with him. He was sitting there talking to, you know, famous people, famous drivers that are more famous than I. Should have got a photo with him. Uh, that would have been cool. Um, but also, going out, like, I have wrote this down in my notes. Kyle Busch was announced right before me in driver intros, right? Like, he's he's starting behind me, which is hysterical. Um, hearing the boos for Kyle Busch before you go out on stage is very... Well, it's an interesting experience. Like, man, these guys are... These folks are lethal out there. Like, it is it, it is an aggressive environment. But I got to go out, like, next to Ty Gibbs. And I was like, oh, man, like, Ty Gibbs, like, he, he's done a lot. I mean, rookie, but, like, he's won a lot. And just a cool experience. What was the reception like for you? I thought there was more cheers than I expected. I'm not going to lie. There were a lot more people. And this was fascinating to me. A lot more people there were saying, hey, Connor, go, Con-. all this. I, I was blown away so if you were one of those people I appreciate you shouting my name whatever it was a lot of nice folks great reception I would say so that that nice. was that was pretty cool um, and I th- I'm kind of dragged this weekend out a little bit but let's just get to the race there's driver interest that was cool but okay we're, we're starting the race now I get in the car no rear view mirror we turn the thing on we have great uh, flyovers cool kiss my lady hug my mom all this stuff get in the car the radio doesn't work and there's no rear view mirror. And I'm like, all right, we have some problems. Like, uh, this is not good at all. Try to flip the switch for the mirror. The radio doesn't work at all. I mean, I can hear the radio, but our antenna, there was an antenna issue or something like that. I'm shouting at my mechanics. I'm like, I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. They're like, yeah, but can you hear it out? like, no. And then all the other driver's engines have started. <laughs> and so now it's really loud. And then our engines have started. Have could not get the radio to work, no mirror, no radio, no mirror. I'm like, well, this is the biggest race of the year, and I can't hear or see anything. So that's great. It'd be good, yeah. Going to be a, awesome. Ride. Come on. Um, we we finally put in a radio that doesn't like usually in the radio systems with these cars. They have another antenna that's kind of connected at the top of the car that gets a better reception for the spotter and the crew chief, so they can hear you all the way around the track. So they basically just threw in a radio without that antenna. And it had one of those little mini antennas that you use like just when you're talking to your friends in a in a tree house. And so, sure. um, but that's all we had time to do. And so I can hear my spotter thankfully, which is all I needed, and drove down the pit lane with no rear view mirror. And so I'm like, well, this is going to suck because you have to use that mirror. And after the race, I saw this and my dad told me, he's like, Austin Sendrick said he spent 70% of the race looking at his rear view mirror. And I was like, well, looks like I'm doing thirty percent of the race. Like that was <laughs> right, like not. it was it was absurd because you have to use that so aggressively. And people that don't know, NASCAR cup cars have rear view cameras. So when I say the rear view mirror didn't work, it's the rear view camera. You know, a lot of modern cars now have these great rear view cameras where you can see everything. That's what they have in the NASCAR Cup series now. There's a physical mirror. There's a a physical mirror still hanging at the top of the car but you can't see anything out of it because it's a giant spoiler and the rear window has a bunch of things and lines and you can't see anything with a physical mirror. All you could see is I could see colors at random points. Like you could see maybe the, the roof of Ryan Blaney's yellow car. Like that was it. Um, so the rear view mirror did absolutely nothing. Uh, and the rear view camera didn't work. So away we go. Green flag felt great. Uh, honestly, the first 20 laps were my favorite part of the race. It was fun. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, because cars were forced to stay behind me. <laughs> I started <laughs> up top and, and the top lane got moving and I did not feel uncomfortable up there at all. I, I felt great. Just kind of rolling. We were moving around. And the funniest part is, is the cars that we were around most of the time was a 47 car who won the race. And I was like, I, I was like, oh hey, Ricky, we're gonna me and Ricky are gonna ride here for a little bit. Sure. And and it was it was great because I I could finally feel the way the air moved around the car, the way the air moves, and the way you create this bubble in front of you to, to push the other car. Fascinating to learn at the highest level. And and I I, I Chase Briscoe was one car in front of me as well for the most for the most part of that first 20 laps. And I texted him after the race because it looked like he was struggling with his car. He, it looked because because he kind of dropped off from the guys in front of us, and I said, "Hey, man, were you struggling with your car to be?" And he said, "No, I was going half throttle the whole time." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "I was at full <laughs> throttle trying to keep up with you guys." I was like, "What the heck is happening here?" Um, but it it was it was really cool to learn. I basically killed my race though, and I will admit this mistake because when I was on the high line, we were making progress, but I had not been to the low line yet, and I thought when you have 15 laps or however many laps of decent speed, and you think that you can maybe slide, kind of make maybe move around a little bit and not get left behind, I tried to go to the bottom. So I had a great run on the 78 car in front of me, went down to the bottom with a great run, and then as soon as I left the top, everyone else went to the top. Kyle Busch went past me, Travis went past me, all the people that were on the bottom apparently shifted up. So everyone was waiting for me to make that dumb rookie move to go to the bottom so they could take my spot at the top and i understood that completely as soon as i did it i was like i'm an idiot i'm an idiot i'm an idiot but i tried it and our car was just so much draggier on the bottom and we had no support on the bottom and i just went backwards 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 but i did get back to the top slid back to the top eventually and did not get left yet but there were too many cars that had gone by so we were going we were going i was still in the pack still in the pack felt good you know, we did, apparently someone said that we did like one of the fastest laps of the race in the first 20 laps, like which is hilarious because again, when you have that energy behind you, our car was slow, very slow, but if you have that energy behind you, and for me, I had to use so much throttle to stay in the pack that like, of course I was going to have a fast lap because I'm getting the max, I'm getting the max suck from the car in front of me and the max push from everyone behind me. So I'm having to, like, I'm, I'm losing the cars a little bit in front of me, but I'm getting pushed back towards them. Um, so it was fascinating. But then I think Chastain was the last car behind me because he, he was struggling with his car, and he realized that I was slow, uh, slow as molasses. And so as soon as he, everyone else could get a run on me, pass me, and then slide back in, and I could never, ever do anything about it. Like, my car would always fall from others, and I had to have some support. And so, as soon as Ross got by me, and as soon as there were no cars behind me again, I, the race was over. Like from then on, lap 25 on, I knew the race was over. There, there nothing was going to happen. We we pitted, and the 15 car spun on pit lane, which again, I was hoping was going to be a yellow. Because if that was a yellow, that would have saved me. I would have learned a lot more. We wouldn't have gone a lap down. Would have been fine. We probably could have been lasted, you know, a long time in that race without getting dropped. But. From then on, honestly, it was it was it was just endless frustration in that race because we could never stay with any cars. No one would work with us because obviously we were a lap down, um, and many laps down, and we got lapped so easily. Uh, you know, getting lapped by the other cars was very fascinating because I tried to I stayed up top three wide of several folks, and having no rear view mirror is complete a terrifying situation when everyone is passing you like that because you can't see anything. And the radio communication with my spotter was was okay it could have been clearer with a better you know antenna but I had to have full faith in him because there was so much going on uh, and even with the cars going past us at you know 195 miles an hour it was making my car accelerate a lot but even if I pulled in right behind them still would get dropped so it, it was a tough first half of the race um I learned a lot but our car was basically a boat anchor from lap 25 on and it was sinking. And I, you know, sadly that was the, the hand that we were dealt, but the goal from then on just became trying to finish the race. And I mean, I, I assumed it didn't look that exciting for, for you guys from the, like the race itself. I don't know how exciting it was, but it didn't seem like it was that exciting for a very long time. But was that, was that, I guess the general thought?
3: Yeah, the first 25 laps were super weird, kind of like you were saying with the pack. Nobody was moving. I mean, they were 2 by 2 for so long. Like, runs weren't being created, which was, I don't know if that was a weather thing or if it was just everybody being careful, which I don't think that was the case. But, yeah, yeah it took until, like, halfway to Stage 2 for something to, like, really kind of start building. Um, So, yeah, it was, I mean, drama-wise, it really didn't get, like, super, super crash heavy until like towards the end of the race which it always does so i thought the finish was not ideal just because that was they didn't have a single race this past weekend that finished under under green like they took yeah. the checkered flag <laughs> so because the truck race got rained out xfinity and cup had that same thing of like they like the yellow came out on the white the funny thing is is i threw your onboard camera on for a part of stage one and when chastain passed you like yeah. you were kind of lagging back from the group but all of a sudden he just goes one, he flies by you, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh okay." Well, well see, that just it, happened.
0: <laughs> and the funny part about that is, too, is like any other car. Like well, this is this is how we knew we struggled. Any other car that was last, whether it was the one car, the forty-seven car, whatever it was, they could stay there easily, and they were running half throttle. You, when you're so close to the other cars, you can hear when they're using the throttle. You can hear when they get out of the throttle. And I got a little bit of my own. I, I would love to see my onboard video, actually, NASCAR. Please help me out. Um, but I, uh, I thought what was fascinating about Rex, right? Like, I always saw these these races, and I'd be like, I, I, these Rex must be wild. And so Alex Bowman, the 48 car, he spun, it was one of the yellows, he spun on the inside, and I am literally right to his outside, essentially, and I'm watching him spin the whole time, and I'm like, oh no, this is one of those scenarios where he corrects it and shoots up to the top directly in front of me. And I have to give Alex Bowman a lot of credit for saving this car, because... He saved it and also saved my life at the same time. So I appreciate him saving that spin. That was wild to see. But other than that, there wasn't a ton. We got a pit lane penalty for guys jumping over the wall a little bit too early. That was kind of crazy. But I didn't really get to see much of the race. And I and I wanted to talk about a little bit about the physical side real quick. Because everyone asked me physically how difficult is it compared to the Indy 500. And honestly, it is not even close to the physical difficulty that the Indy 500 is because it's it the power steering and everything makes it simple but honestly the cool shirt and the air conditioning and that in that car actually the the air that blew to the helmet and not air conditioning but it's like air it actually felt great for me and obviously it wasn't that hot of a day um but I felt great in that car but when I look at my heart rate right I wear the whoop so my heart rate is on there when I'm with it, when I'm in the pack my heart rate's at maximum so like it's still hard. It gets your heart going because you're around all these other cars, and when the air is going, things are crazy. But when you're by yourself, physically, it's 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 not it's not as it's not comparable to the IndyCar car at all. Um, but uh, but still, when you're with the pack, if you're with the pack the whole day, your heart rate, my heart rate would have been you know through the roof. So physically, it's not comparable. You know, it just is what it is. Um, but still, it was four and a half hours of a race, and I'm like, man, that was. That's a long day in the car, so wanted to get that physical kind of report out of there. I thought it was interesting that my, if I look at my heart rate, it spiked every single time I was with other cars, and it was it was very very interesting. So, I uh, we got to the end of that race. Obviously, we were in no place to uh, you know to compete for anything, but we started to get to see all the crashes. Everything was kind of crazy. It started popping off. It was a night race. I had a tinted visor on. Didn't expect that at all. Um, and, you know, seeing some of the cars that were wrecked and seeing all the craziness that was happening, I could finally keep up with cars because they were all broken. I remember it was, a, it was a, um, it was a train of Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Corey LaJoy and me, and none of them had front ends on their cars. So it was all, I was like, Hey, I can finally <laughs> keep up with people. But I was like, their cars are literally falling apart in front of me. Um, and, and honestly, to see the cars at the end too, like when I went by like on the last check, like the last lap uh you know cars were mangled I saw Denny driving his car with no right side it looked like the thing had been been through an exorcism I, I after the checker flag the 10 car is just in the middle of the back straight it looks like it had been abandoned Same uh with tra- oh yeah well Blaney. Blaney too but Blaney I actually huge shout out to Ryan Blaney because I think I helped him get his lap back and get back in there because he I was the only car that, that we could run together. Like Blaney pushed me for like 30 laps. I remember texting him after the race. I said, hey, man, I appreciate you riding with me because I, I was so bored. And he was like, yeah, man, I stared so long at bitnile.com. I had to check it out afterwards at night. <laughs> and I was like, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much. But he had no right front on his car, so that means he could follow me, which was great. Um, but yeah, Blaney, we, we helped get him back into the free pass position. He helped me stay with the pack there. I mean, it was it was just a crazy one. It was I learned so much. And honestly, super happy for Ricky Stenhouse, too. Uh, great guy. I, I like Ricky. Um, great to see him win, like a new winner. I thought that was really cool. Um, and, you know, got to experience it all. You know, the, the longest Daytona 500 in history, I guess, however many laps it was. Um, crazy that we made it. Uh, and you know what? I was very sad after the race because I wanted to do better. But we finished 29th. We're in the 20s. So... That's yep. uh great. I guess a lot of people were congratulating me for some reason. I have no idea why. I thought it was awful because I I'm a competitor. Um but we made it through. We didn't hit anything or anyone. Um and you know, Travis finished 11th. That was awesome for Travis. His car was flying. Uh was super happy for him. He was super great to me all week long. Uh all the drivers were pretty cool about everything. Um and you know, it it, it was it was cool to say that we've we've added that to the list. So I I I, really, I I I thought it was something that could have gone way better, but also we could have not made the race and we wouldn't be having this conversation today. We'd be a little bit more depressed, or you could have not finished and you yeah, wrecked in a disastrous
2: way, and you know. But you didn't do those things. You mentioned uh, you gained. You know, a good amount of following afterwards, some new audiences was turned on to you. And that's probably because, well, the Daytona 500 did well on television, as you can assume. Fox said they earned 8.18 million viewers for Sunday's Daytona 500. This is from Adam Stern. It's down 8% from last year. Um, But still, with that being said... Uh, Ohio state, Penn state got 8.2 million in 2022 for college football. Oh yeah. That's from Boston carp reporting that. Um, and then unfortunately you had to make the point that that number at 8.18 million is two times the 8,500 audience, but at least it's four times what the best F1 races have ever gotten in the United States. So still quite a large audience taking in, uh, you riding in the Daytona 500.
0: No, very cool. And and some social statistics. I would say on Instagram, I probably gained um, close to nine hundred followers on Instagram, which is which are eight hundred, I would say, which is great. That's a big bump. On Twitter, Twitter seemed to be a little bit more, or maybe close to close to a thousand, close to nice. maybe just under, which is which is interesting because again, these events are kind of like research things for us. Like, hey, these are new folks that we're getting uh, exposed to, which is really cool. Uh, and I mean 8 million people is a lot of people I mean I honestly want to predict this year for the Indy 500 I would like us to get over 5 million I would like us to get uh, over maybe close to 6 million that would be awesome Uh, I think that's a possibility uh, because a lot of people are watching racing so love to see that Um, and you know it was was just cool to be part of the NASCAR family that weekend and, and see what was going on and um and we also, you know, we do have a great guest for this show yeah. as well that we, that we didn't mention at the beginning of the show because we just dove right into it, but we do have an incredible guest coming up. Uh, Frankie Munez, he is, well, I mean, Malcolm in the middle. We know, we know him for, for his television accolades, uh, a legendary, big fat liar. Big fat liar. I mean, honestly, the guy's a legend for anyone who is my age or your age, probably Joey growing up. Yep. Um, but also a NASCAR driver now. He was in the ARCA race over the weekend at Daytona. Uh, we want to get his thoughts on that, what he thought about his Daytona experience. He was with me when, after we made the race. He was super excited. We got some great, hilarious photographs together. Um, but that'll be a really cool interview as well for everyone to hear. Um, but yeah, that was kind of Daytona for uh, for a bit of a wrap-up. I mean, there's a there's hundred things you could talk about more of. Um, I thought it was cool to, you know, just to... To have those conversations with the folks after the race to be a part of it um and i mean yeah we did it so I, I think that was pretty cool you guys got anything else from that any other questions or random things that popped up no i'd say it's just a great way to start 2023 you know as a whole um
2: with indycar coming up you know say Pete less than two weeks i know it's you know nascar to indycar but hey I mean, you could start off your, your 2023 motor racing season by making it into the Daytona 500, finishing the race, uh, with all the troubles and struggles that, you know, was presented to you over the whole entire weekend. I say, "Eh, that just looks like a good omen for 2023 to me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm super thankful to have done it. I mean, bitnile.com is our incredible partner. Their new website's launching real soon here. If you haven't signed up for it, please do. It's a pretty cool, it's going to be a really, really cool experience. Um, and I mean, they're making, you know, they're making this dream happen. And they, you know, the money team, we appreciate them doing all the work and getting through all the problems. Um, and I appreciate the NASCAR fans in Daytona, you know, to do that is very special to me. Uh, let's not, let's not compare all these things to the Indy 500 all the time. Let's not do that. Let's just take them all in for the the triple crown. I kept saying by the end of that, yep. that all I need to do now is the Lamal 24 hour race. That's, that's on my next on my list. Um, to complete the triple crown of motorsport, uh, or at least participating in all of them. So, yeah, very thankful for that experience. And, uh, yeah, let's get to Frankie. What do you think? Let's do it. Never thought I'd say this, but uh, let's have our conversation with Frankie Mudez. Fans, we
2: are down to the last tickets for the Dirty Mo Media Ultimate Experience in Las Vegas for the NASCAR Cup Series Race on March 5th. This is a -a one-of-a-kind race day experience tailored to fans of all Dirty Mo Media shows. This experience includes a reserved seat in a luxury VIP suite, all-you-can-eat food, beverage, and beer, exclusive pre-race suite appearances by the hosts of Door Bumper Clear, including Beth Bowles' number one fan, Mike Davis, and Speed Street producer Ben Walton. A private parking pass, a pre-race access to the Neon Garage and Fit Road, private bathroom access, your own radio scanner, and a swag bag with Dirty Mo Media branded merch. If you want to snag one of the last tickets before it's sold out, visit DirtyMoMedia.com slash ultimate experience.
0: All right, as mentioned, we have an incredible guest, uh, a man who has uh, been on the television more times than I. Uh, a man who has been in films more times than I, uh, a a professional race car driver, um, a a person who has really almost done more with his life than I think most other humans have. Um, Frankie Muniz, thank you for being here. We appreciate this. Your first NASCAR weekend has 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 been accomplished. How are we feeling? You look great. The beach is back there. I mean, this is NASCAR life, huh?
4: It is, I mean, if this is NASCAR life. It's pretty. It's a pretty nice life. I'm i mad. I waited so long to get into this. No, I, as soon as my race ended, I had to fly to Cancun for my my sister's wedding, and uh, it's the reason why I didn't win. Because I was like, I can't win because I'm gonna want to stay on Sunday. You know, like you know, I can't pass up a wedding. So, uh, but no, it was uh, honestly one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life. Um, I, I don't. I, I mean. You've been you've raced in massive races. You you know you've done. I mean, obviously the Daytona 500. You know this weekend and, but like there was something about being at Daytona, starting the race, being in that pack. You can't put into words what it felt like to race that way. You know, I come from a background similar to you with more open wheel stuff, which you know you get some wheel to wheel contact, but not like in the stock cars where like that's kind of the name of the game. You got to hit each other a little bit. You know what I mean to to be quick and uh it was wild i, I i'm still thinking about it and I almost feel like it it didn't
0: happen to me because it felt like an out of body experience for sure frankie you mentioned your your background right i we met many years ago like you for the like there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast open wheel fans right and we appreciate every time you mentioned indycar when you kind of first announced that you were going to this nascar adventure and uh, a lot of people will remember you from the atlantic championship series days because like, you were racing that when I just got into cars as well, and I thought that was so cool, obviously. And that was a very competitive series when you were doing that. Like, very good teams, very good drivers, Um and obviously, it's a completely different atmosphere. But was there anything that you think that you could take to this ARCA debut? Obviously, And then, look, I'm an open-wheel guy. I did the Daytona 500. Completely different, but... You're yeah. still a race car driver, right? You still get it. Yeah. There's still certain things. What do you think was the like the biggest thing that you learned? And what was the thing where you were like, okay, I, I, I'm I'm used to this. This is race day. I get it. So, so I was honestly like, I was a
4: wreck the whole week, the the whole of Daytona week. Um, Even watching you guys in the duels, standing <laughs> in the pit lane, I felt sick to my stomach watching <laughs> you guys go by because I'm like, shoot, that's what I'm about to do. Like, I wanted to do, th- I want this, but like, am I sure? You know what I mean? But I, I compare the two, like IndyCar or open wheel stuff and soccer racing to like saying Olympic swimming and Olympic diving are the same sports because they both yeah. Im- involve pools. Sure, <laughs> I've got a race car driver's mentality. So I understand like what I got to do and, you know, how to go fast, but like the racing style is different. Everything about it is different. Even like I've never strapped myself in the car. Yeah. You're, you know, yeah. I'm like, I, like you're going to strap me in. Like I've been strapped in every time I've ever gotten a car, you know? <laughs> so very, very different, but I, you know, it is hard for me to say I could take anything from my past because it's also been 14 years since I've been in a race car. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I think my racing hiatus is older than some of the Arca
2: drivers. <laughs> <laughs> <That can laughs> <mean.
4: laughs> Makes
2: sense. <laughs> Frankie, sorry I was late. Uh, um, great to meet you. Enjoyable and Uh, I was actually, I was actually uh, changing the diaper of my son, who is his name actually is Frankie. So really, that's so funny. Nice. we got that going on, right? Um, first off, want to thank you for creating the masterpiece that is Big Fat Liar. That's one of my all-time <laughs> <Thank> favorites. <you. laughs> it's, it's a classic. Gotta love it. Um, but to your point and what you guys were talking about with well, how the different styles of an IndyCar and different styles of racing, I know you were on Pardon My Take last year, and you had that quote that we actually capitalized on where you're saying, like, IndyCar is probably the most competitive. and I know that kind of spread, like, wildfire out there. People are probably coming at you. But, you know, do you, do you still stand by that? You know, is there a way that you want to kind of relay it to people to where it's, hey, I'm not bashing on another racing kind. No. I'm just saying IndyCar is. Yeah, so,
4: I mean, I said that because when I think of, you know, Formula One, you think of even NASCAR, right? NASCAR is a little closer to indycar in the sense that you don't really know who's gonna win but you know there's some powerhouse teams you know you know there's some guys who are used to towards the front when i watch an indycar race i think that like there's 24 guys starting the race 22 of them can win and uh you know with the pit strategies and all that kind of stuff i think it's a really really ultra competitive series you know obviously racing in in the nascar world now You know, I have, now that I've done, I have one race under my belt, one NASCAR (laughs) race under my belt, but like, you know, Daytona is a little different than obviously other places that we're going to go. You know what I mean? Um, you got to have a fast car, you know, you're packed together, the restrictor plate, the racing is so tight. You're really for the first 75% of the race, just trying to avoid being involved in someone else's best. You know what I mean? And then you go racing. Um, but no, I I don't want people to think like the NASCAR world to think that I'm bashing NASCAR at all. I just am a fan of motorsport completely, a hundred percent. I love watching any anything that has wheels, uh, racing. I watch, and you know, I I do stand by the fact that I think that from a competitive standpoint of the unknown of who's really gonna lead a race or win a race in IndyCar, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. You know, that's also coming. You know, Formula One's having such a huge you know uh popularity spike right now and i kind of want people who have learned or found formula one in the past year or two you know maybe drive to survive to understand that like if you get into indycar i promise you you'll love it more because (laughs) you're really you don't know who's going to win each race you know what I mean? like where formula one it's you know it's going to be probably two teams you know what i mean at the front and people say the best formula one races are the ones that they crash out or it rains and you get a random guy to win so like you know that's why I like IndyCar. Um, in comparison to Form, I love Formula One as well. But in comparison, I just think it's it's uh it's more fun with the guys having the same car, same. Well, I guess there's Honda and Chevy, but you know what I mean. Um, same package and uh makes the racing really tight.
0: It's honestly really cool that you say that because a lot of what you just said, we we have said for many times on the on this podcast. Like, we we appreciate all forms of motorsport, right? Like I I love watching every every type of racing I can watch on the weekend. I'm gonna be watching it, right? And if you're a professional at the top level of both NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, you're one of the best drivers in the world. Doesn't matter what what area you're in, right? So it, it's it's cool that you 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 respect that, you understand that because you're a race car driver, you get it, and you're just a that, professional human.
4: Yeah. Well, that said, I could I could also maybe make some of the IndyCar guys mad at me because <laughs> I'll say this: having now raced stock cars, right? Because I did a bunch of late model stuff this past year to get you know kind of. Get up to speed. I've never been on ovals. You know, I've never been in a stock car. And then doing this Daytona race, I'm not mad of what I did in the past. I'm mad that I didn't do stock car stuff sooner. Yeah. Because the <laughs> racing, you know, I don't know from like a fan perspective, but inside the car, there is nothing more intense that I've ever been a part of than being, well, even in, not, not even just in the Daytona race, but even in the late final stuff. Because, you know, being able to kind of bang wheel to wheel, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know, I I never raced Indy cars on a oval or open wheel stuff on an oval. So maybe it's as similar in that sense, <laughs> but I don't know. Like it's, it's the most intense thing I've ever done. And like, I'm, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I could ever race anything else now. because I'm, well, I'm obsessed with that uh, car stuff.
0: Yeah. And I mean, speaking about that, right? Like I, I spent the beginning of that race, your arc race in, in your pit box. I was, I was tuning in, checking it out. And I, I want to know what that's like, because for me, it was very new as well. Just, on, on the Sunday, right? And, and it's it, running in that pack. The ARCA races are crazy. Like, for those who don't watch ARCA, you know, there's a lot of inexperienced drivers in that series. Like, let's be honest, a lot of people trying to make their way. A lot of youth, right? A lot of youthful folks. Um, but it can be some of the gr- best racing of the weekend because there's crazy stuff happening. People, cars are exploding and catching on fire. There's wild stuff that's happening. What was the moment in that race? Because you were, like, running in the top 15, top 10, a lot of that race. I was paying attention, seeing what was going on. You even got involved in one of the incidents at some point. They were cleaning stuff off the car. There was something happening. What was there? How many things happened in that race where you were like, didn't expect that? And then, like, what was what was the most fun part of it? Was it trying to get to that finish line, trying to get through all the chaos? We made a plan, you know,
4: going into the race. Obviously, there's it's really hard to make a plan for Daytona because you got to be you got you can't lose a draft. You got to stay in that draft. You got to stay close. But, You know, you get one guy to mess up in the front and it could take out 20 cars and you're just a you're just a victim. You know what I mean? So, our plan was like, look, we're going to get to the bottom, stay on the inside and stay there for until at least halfway. We don't want to try to make any moves, you know, and you know, my hand going, okay, I'm going to listen to what you guys said. You know, especially my spotter, you know, his name is Frank Kimmel. He spots for Daniel Suarez in the cup car. Like everyone who I say is my spotter, like, oh, he's the best spotter. Like, listen to what he said. So I'm like, I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do. And I did that. We moved forward a little bit. I think we were in the top 10 for a little bit. We moved back to like 17th, moved back to the top 10. But once that halfway point came across, we were like, okay, we're going to the front. And within two or three laps, I think we went from 17th to 3rd. And a caution came out. And... Maybe I shouldn't have said this, but, like you know, <laughs> it just felt so good. But I go, I came out of the radio, I go, we can win this fucking race. Sorry, yeah. you know, excuse me. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we have the car to do it. I was fast in practice. You know what I mean? I was right there in the battles. I was doing what I needed to do. I felt comfortable. I felt confident once I was in the car. Our thing was like, we want to be where we need to be at the end of the race. We got up there. And with, a thing about 10 to go, I was in third. And someone hit me from behind pretty hard would send us up the track into like two or three other cars. And on film, it looks like nothing, but it caused a (laughs) lot of damage. And Caution came out and they go, we got to pit. And I'm like, oh, like I'm in third. Like I'm I'm here. (laughs) Are you sure? Like there's nothing worse than like, you know, having a tire go out, a right front go out, you know what I mean, at Daytona. So yes, you need to come in. So we pit, I think I came out in like 35th and with two laps to go, I was in 24th. And I ended up finishing 11, So I was pretty ecstatic with that comeback. You know what I mean? The fact that I battled, I kept my foot in it. I did everything they asked to be. And I felt really comfortable doing it. That said, sorry, to talk a lot. That said, <laughs> I get out of the car and I go, that was the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Like I this. love that. Like, I, think, <laughs> I think back and I'm like, I can't believe that was me. You know what I mean? So I'm thrilled, but really looking forward to the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, Happy to show that hopefully people think that we belong. You know what I mean? I know i got to prove a lot on the smaller tracks. Um, the Kind of the, the short old was all half by was Those are going to be the tough ones for not for me, but like, you know, just get 30 minutes of practice and then you go into the race. You know, you don't get a lot. So uh, I got a lot, lot to learn, but I'm excited. When was the last time you were at the Indianapolis 500, Frankie? That I was at it? Yeah. To be honest, I only have ever made it to saturday like you know what is it carb day or when it or friday Friday's carb carb day. Day, yeah oh, Yep. No. so I, i've only ever made it to carb day and always had to leave i've actually never witnessed an uh, indy 500 in person
3: oh
0: we're gonna have we to, to change future. that one damn no. No.
4: well we race at charlotte on friday you know of the 500 weekend yes and we ah. were like what we're done friday night we, we should
0: come up for the race on on sunday
1: i mean yes you, you me, should
0: yeah you're welcome anytime. You can be a guest at Speed Street. We'll be there. It'll be great. <laughs> you could
2: go from Charlotte to Indy and then from Indy back to Charlotte. After the 500, you can do the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, yeah. <laughs> True. Do it all. I am trying to get executive platinum status. So,
4: you know, the more flag I do, the better. <laughs> there you
0: go. Yeah. Um, so, Frankie, what you mentioned other tracks, there, there's a very diverse schedule in, in in the ARCA series, I would say. What tracks do you think you're looking forward to most? Because as you said, short short tracks might be tough. That's that's a very different style. A lot of, you know, maybe moving people out of the way with the bumper type stuff. Um the super speedways are kind of, you know, hey, it's a bit of a roll of the dice. Uh we yep. get that. But what what tracks do you think you're looking forward to most this year on the schedule?
4: I mean, obviously we do ten races with NASCAR, with Cup. Um those are the big ten, right? So we got Daytona, Talladega uh Phoenix which is our next race which is my hometown um Charlotte Pocono Michigan Kansas so obviously all those tracks I'm just I'm excited too just because as a as a race fan to get to race on them is going to be fun they're going to be really high speed crazy crazy races you know but then the cool thing about ARCA is like you know we're in you know at Pocono one week and then that Sunday I think or or we're at Watkins Clan on on Friday and on Sunday we're at the Illinois State Fairgrounds you know racing (laughs) on dirt you know what I mean um, I'm, I've never been on dirt yeah, on anything. I tried it in racing once <laughs> just this last week. And I was like, if this is how it's going to be, I should probably start in park. But, um, but no, you know, obviously races, I'm most excited it. for they Talladega now that I know that we, we got a great super speedway car. Now that I have the Daytona under my belt, I'm really excited for that. And then the two road courses, you know, that's my background. Um, I hope I could cap- capitalize on those, you know, with the championship, you know, as long as I kind of stay close you know that i can capitalize on some of these tracks that i know that i should excel at and uh still be in the hunt you know for the championship at the end of the year you know anything can happen to anybody right during the season if, you know the championship contender could have a few you know wrecks in a row or be taken out two times in a row and it tightens the, the field up pretty pretty close so um i've you know I, it's hard for me to say i've never been anywhere on the schedule except for mid ohio
0: like literally
4: <laughs> that's the only place i've been and uh but uh i'm uh, I'm excited for the challenge that it's going to be because it is going to be a challenge, and I know that. I know I've got a very steep learning curve, but I'm putting in every amount of effort that I can to make this make this year as successful as possible because who knows, this might be my last year in racing, right? Unless this one goes well, you know what I mean? So I've learned to be able to look back at, at, at the things I've done, and it's it's taught me to be more appreciative and to take advantage of opportunity when it's put in front of me and I it's here in front of me right now. And I want to, I don't want to look back and go, man, I wish I tried harder," you know? So I'm, I'm working real hard.
2: Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously you're, you're looking at right, right in front of you right now, but I, I, I gotta know just like in an ideal world, like your dream scenario, I guess, like it was the end of the road here and racing. What is that for you? Well, you know, obviously I would like, I, I did take
4: a long break. I'm, I don't want to call myself old for the sport, but I'm 37 years old. You know, I know if I want to make it to cup, I've got to progress pretty quickly. Like I've got to show that I belong really quick to move into trucks or Xfinity and, and kind of work my way up, you know, but the end goal obviously would be to race as long as I can as a driver, but I really want to be involved in the sport in some capacity. And I think the best way for that is for me to be a team owner. So we're kind of looking at that, like you know, even though it's in the distance, you know, my priority is race, is driving. But looking at it with the perspective of, like, how do we get to that end goal and be involved in the sport for a long time and maybe have more respect in the sport because I was maybe a successful driver and not just, you know, an actor slash driver who wants to be a team owner.
2: So is that... uh, Do you want to do that NASCAR or, or what... Any kind of series? I mean... Yeah. I
4: really look, I, like I said, I love racing. You know, I'm a, I'm a big IndyCar fan. I'm a bit, I, I watch everything, but I really do like the NASCAR world now that I've kind of gotten into it too. You know what I mean? It's a little crazier with like the, the schedules. Cause you know, you get what they do 36 yeah. races a year. Um, right. you know, not many off days, but I mean, even like a lot of the the races are one day or two day events. You know what I mean? Like they they really kinda compact the schedule, which is both good and bad. Bad for someone like me who needs track time. I need Friday practice. I need Saturday <laughs> Me too. <disqualify>. <laughs> <laughs> <You're right. Yeah. laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, you kinda you, you show up and you and you do it and I don't know, you hope for the best. But I, I kinda like that. I, I don't know. I mean my my plan right now is to say, yeah, I'm gonna be uh involved in in the NASCAR world uh long term.
0: That would be awesome. Can, I, I, I can
4: expand to an IndyCar team later on. I don't know. You know, well, when it's major success, awesome. major success, yeah, you'll be
0: fine. Is Frankie? <laughs> I know, like you're obviously a dad now, and this is—is is this something that with your son, you feel like that—that's got to be a cool experience? Joey just had a kid as well, and <laughs> you know, that's got to be something that you and your wife—I mean, bringing your kid to the racetrack and and him getting to watch his dad drive race cars. I mean that's got to be a cool thing. Like I, I never really got to see my dad race because I was too young, right? <laughs> yep. But uh, like yep. your son, I feel like is definitely old enough to start. Hey, we're starting to realize what's going on here, and that's got to that's got to be cool for you guys, right? Well, he loves cars like any. Oh my! Like
4: he's obsessed when he's at the track. Like he was just flipping out at every single, you know, <laughs> race car he saw. He sees them on TV. I was you know I was watching some. European Le Mans race, you know, uh, before he went to sleep. And he's like, oh, he just loves it. You know, I I think he's a little too young to understand that daddy's getting in there, you know what I mean, <laughs> and doing it. But, you know, pretty soon, I think he'll think it's pretty badass. And I think, not to say that's why I did it. I just wanted to give him something to look up to, you know what I mean? But like, everything was in my past. Like, I kind of felt like I could tell him stories. So, oh, daddy used to do this. I used to do that. You know, look <laughs> at me back then. And I'm like, no, I want him to see. I want him to see me growing up. I want him to see me while growing up, reaching for a goal, like working really, really hard for something. And and I love the racing world. And I I have always felt like I had unfinished business in the racing world. And uh, you know, I, I just I thought it would be a lot of a lot of fun for him in in, in that in that sense. So I hope he appreciates it. You know, because <laughs> I was pretty nervous getting in the car the other day, man. I'm not gonna lie, like. <laughs> It hit me. I'm like, wait, I'm doing this for my son, but like, I don't want to get hurt for him. You know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah, no, I kind of mentioned it with my little guy. I kind of joke. I've joked about it on this show when with different people in our our life of like, yeah, you know, we're we're getting him ready to race 7500 when in 2050, right? Like, he's gonna be a little uh, race car driver, right? Is that something with you? You mentioned with wanting to potentially get into ownership someday. (laughs) Is that kind of the back of your mind as well, saying, hey? on teams my little guy can be a race car driver like kind of set him up with that
4: well you know someone's got to keep the Muniz racing logo you know a lot right someone's got to <laughs> keep the color but no, you know it's funny like I always say like oh he's going to be a driver oh for sure but I'll say this he's two when he falls and scrapes his knee it is like life like it kills me. <laughs> you know what I mean so I think about it I like I don't know how I'd feel like seeing him like get in a car or a cart or a whenever sure. right knowing okay. obviously there's danger a danger aspect but like you know i don't want to hold him back so if he wants to race i'll try to make that happen as best as possible you know but i don't know oh it's weird once you become a dad like your father like me i always go like oh he's gonna be a race car driver. he's gonna be a race car driver he's gonna be a race car driver now that he's like two i'm like i don't know maybe he'll just be a scientist you know what i mean maybe golf yeah maybe golf, maybe golf <laughs> you know something like that. But,
0: you know, we'll see. We'll see what, uh, what he wants to do. Man, I Frankie, it. I, um, I, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time because it looks like there's great things to be d- doing done down there, but I, <laughs> I appreciate you, um, being there for the duel with me after the race too. It was great to have you there and your boys. That was, uh, that was a wild night in itself. Um, it was awesome. Honestly, it was- <laughs>
4: that was one of the coolest experiences of my life, like just being a friend of you I don't know yours, if it was you know, for me but, but, <laughs> I know, I know, but, I, but like just I, look, you know you made it, and like yeah. running down to LA to like congratulate you, it was just cool, like and that's what <laughs> I mean, like that's like the world I want my son to grow up in, like there is that like camaraderie and like your room for people, it's like a little tight-knit family, you know, and uh, I was just happy to, that I could be there for that moment for you, because it was
0: just, it was cool as a, as a friend and a fan, you know what I mean uh, so I can't imagine how you felt well, man, I mean, I, I mean, racing is is a family, right? Like, I I appreciate your friendship over the years. Like, even no matter what you've done, we've always kept in touch, which is cool. And to see you get to do this now, I honestly think it's a great it's a great thing to do. I think it's a an adventure that you could have a lot of fun with and and a lot of success with. I think it's and you're you're respecting the whole ladder system too. Like, hey, we're gonna start an Arca. We're gonna get we're gonna get our feet underneath us here and and see what happens. So. And we also love that you were still an IndyCar fan as well. Like we appreciate that. Yeah, and much. Before, Very much. And before before yeah. we let you go, I want to get a a quick speculation on who you think will be the two best in the IndyCar Championship this year. Who's going to be the the two best drivers in the IndyCar Championship? Putting you on the spot. No big deal. This Obviously, is an IndyCar Connor show. Bailey, Let's hear it. Number twenty. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that.
1: <laughs>
4: but anyone else? No. I, I don't know. Is there anyone I I don't I haven't I'm not saying I, I haven't been a good enough fan to where like I, I know there's some new guys coming into some seats, right? Oh yeah, yeah, um, a couple couple young rookies. But that's not that's the tough thing with IndyCar. It's really hard to like pick someone who's gonna run away with the championship, right? Because never like, happens, yeah. Like it. It's so competitive, right? You know, I don't think anyone I'm not saying no one expected allowed to uh, you know, hello Alow yeah. to to win the championship but like in my head he came out of nowhere but like, he had a great a- year you know what i mean like agreed so you know you know who is gonna be strong because they're always strong you know what i mean um some of it has to do with luck too oh yeah you know, with some someone the oval race that you guys have but uh i don't know i'm, I'm not really
0: answering but uh all right that's <laughs> fine I you can say joseph was- newgarden it's fine i get it we, he's gonna be good yeah well, <laughs> i I don't necessarily
4: root for people. I usually <laughs> root against people. I just don't want to see certain people win. And I'm not saying New Garden is one of the people who win, but he wins a lot. So then, you know, you can hand to someone is. else, and then you know I'll be happy for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we uh we appreciate you coming on the show. Um great to hear about your first experience, honestly. I'm excited to see how the rest of the year goes. They almost had nine hundred thousand people watching that first arc race. I mean, he, great I know, ratings. It was pretty cool. Everything is exciting. You got a great partner with Hair Club. Met that guy, the CEO. He's a great guy. Yep. Um, so, Frankie, thank you so much. Um, we uh, we have very much enjoyed having you a part of this uh, Speed Street show. And uh, and good luck on the rest of the season.
4: Thanks, thank man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. And let's uh, let's keep it going this year, both of us. Let's, let's have good years. All of us. All three of us. Oh, That's hell yeah, fun.
1: brother.
2: We know we will. We'll get we'll you to ending we'll <laughs> for the five for Yeah, the one. Someday. Is, yeah, for sure, it'd be awesome. All right, buddy. All right, guys. All right, man. Famous actor, both the television and on the big screen, Frankie Muniz, who is now turned uh, over to the professional
0: motorsport world. Love to see a great conversation with him. Thanks for setting that up, Connor. What a cool relationship that is to have. Absolutely. Well, we we both have the same manager now, so thankfully we do have a a good uh, a good access there. And um, great guy overall. Known him since I was a a, a young lad in the racing racing world. Um, but uh, as as always, we're going to finish our show with the uh, Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. Uh, I thought about doing a random Daytona 500 Driver of the Week, but no, it's IndyCar season now. We're coming back. Yep. Uh, there are plenty of random Daytona 500 drivers we can look up at some point, but uh, I decided to go with the 1962 Indy 500, won by Roger Ward. Uh, I went down to the 32nd place finisher in 1962, Chuck Rohde Chuck Rohde is the 32nd place finisher Chuck Rohde which is very interesting uh, American race car driver but he died while attempting to qualify for the 1966 Indy 500 so that's very sad yep. but again that was a dangerous era of, of Indy car racing um, uh, I mean he did two Indy 500s 1962 and 65 and obviously passed away while while trying to qualify for the 66 Indy 500. Um, looks like the best finish was 27. Um, but yeah, Chuck Rody, new. Uh, let's see, where's he from? Uh, well, he, he won the Fort Wayne Indoor Midget Car title in 1955, Fort Wayne, Indiana. There we go. Um, and then 1956, second in the USAC National Midget Points. Um, so yeah, that's wild. We uh, Chuck Rody. Passed away trying to qualify for the Indy 500. He put it all on the line, so we got to give him some, uh, got to give him some, some, some credit for putting it all on the line at the Indianapolis Speedway.
2: He did. Rest in peace to Chuck. Appreciate that Put it on the line just like you did over the weekend,
0: bro. Feel <laughs> uh, <I> like it. <laughs> you put it all
2: on the line. Battle up against it. You know the odds were against you, and and he came through. So again, congrats, and and uh, I know we're all super proud of you. And, Looking forward to 2023 with IndyCar and the other NASCAR races that you're going to do. It's going to be great. Uh, So, yeah, Frankie Muniz, appreciate him. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, We are full on, folks. Next time that we talk to you, it'll be officially a race week in the 2023 IndyCar uh, Series season. So can't wait for that. Be sure to follow us at SpeedStreetPod, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Share the show with a friend. Uh, Catch us on wherever you get your podcasts. Download, follow, subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review. And we're going to be fully into this thing. We love uh, hearing from you. Can't wait to hear from you in the paddock. I know I'm going to be down in St. Pete. Obviously, counter's going to be down in St. Pete. I actually got the invite to the Aero McLaren uh, little, uh, what do they call it? Little hospitality party place on Saturday night. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm going to go head over there, I think. McLaren McLaren guy. guy. Check out what they got to offer. Probably <laughs> get the cold shoulder from Alex Rossi, but it's all yeah. good.
0: <laughs> Alex and Rossi,
2: remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh for Counter Daily, Ben Walton, Thirty One Media, Speed Street. We'll talk to you next time. It's race week on Speed Street. There's a brand new
0: episode of Actions Detrimental with Denny Hamlin out now. Head over to see what Denny has to say, and don't forget to follow the show so you won't miss an episode.